sights to show you. Welcome to the 58th episode of The Sirens of Scream, the geek podcast that proves sometimes dead is better. I'm your host, Jackie DeVore, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Melissa Megan and Sierra Hauk. It has been an entire month since you have heard our beautiful, wonderful voices, and we know you've missed us. We've missed you, too. Uh, ladies... I feel like a piece of my heart has been gone without you guys here beside me. I know. I felt so unproductive. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wow, I feel like I forgot something or I'm really dropping the ball. (laughs) Right. Since we've been out of touch mostly for this entire past month, we're going to just keep it casual for this episode. We're going to catch up on some horror news and catch up with each other. See what's been going on. We'll see what we've missed. So first of all, let's go around here and, you know, see what's been going on. Sierra, you want to start off? What have you been up to? Well, we, we've been going full holiday. We went to South Carolina, Tucker and I, and hung out with his family for Thanksgiving, which was lovely. I was down in Jackie's neck of the woods, and we spent an afternoon. It was Bluffton, right? Yeah, we were in Bluffton. We're actually we rented a house on Hilton's Head. Oh, nice, nice. Which was really nice, and that was awesome because his his sister didn't have to host us the entire time, and that was a really fun time. And she also listens to the show, and she wants to come on and talk with us. So we got to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh yeah. And then last night slash yesterday, we put up our Christmas tree. I have, like, eyeball lights on it, which I'm very excited about, and we're slowly, like, building up our hoard of ornaments and making it look cool. And yeah, just looking forward to, for Christmas, my folks are going to come up with my sisters and Christmas in Seattle. So yeah. Very just cool. Lots of lots of family stuff and, and working and all that. Not too much horror. Is Josephine. Yeah, did you guys hear Josephine sharpening her claws? well yeah i was gonna ask if she was trying to attack the christmas tree she's tried to climb it the branch so we we normally we've had a fake christmas tree and this is our first year where josephine has had a real one and she's not quite sure what to do about it yet because the branches are so close together compared to the fake ones so we've Uh we've caught her a couple times like just very slowly like stretching like she's gonna maybe try to climb it and Tucker immediately yells at her, but it's only a matter of time, really, before she's up at the top of that tree. Just put a vacuum cleaner next to the tree and (laughs) she'll stay away. That's the trick. Mm -hmm. How about you, Melissa? do all the damage at night after we go to bed. Oh, yeah. That's tricky. Like, they lay around looking like they're not doing anything all day long, and then we go to bed, and it's like, jingling, jingling, And then I get up, and I have to, yeah, I have to collect all of the ornaments off the floor in the morning. Yeah. Monsters. Yeah. I got plastic, like, the ball ones that are normally glass. I got those ones plastic, because I'm pretty sure they're going to fall at some point. Yeah, I didn't want any paws getting cut up by broken glass. Yeah, luckily bunnies are small and they uh (laughs) don't have claws they can jump high but they can't really jump high and also like claw onto things Mm -hmm. so we usually just put a tree like up on a box or something and then they can't do shit (laughs) (laughs) they just stare at it longingly all season long (laughs) i have been extremely productive in the past month Mm Which is partially why we have not been here for a month, because Lissa is not sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) 
we went to see the only family I have in the state live about an hour and a half away. And it's just like one cousin, really small. But we went to see them for Thanksgiving and we'll like go back for Christmas. But mainly I've been just trying to survive holiday season in the salon, which is the busiest time of the year for hairstylists. And I'm pretty much like, you know, stretching my days on either end to try to accommodate everyone because people get really sassy with you. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it yeah before the holidays so it's like every couple days i have like three or four messages can you just squeeze me in i'm like no i don't have any more space and i do i throw like a little tantrum to myself where nobody can see but yeah i've just been working really really long hours and exhausted and i've still been working on talking comics and i apologize if i yawn tonight but i just i i recorded like a five hour long marathon podcast yesterday so I'm just really sleepy from that now. I think I'm just sleepy all the time now. I think it's just my permanent state. That's, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure there's any other way that I'm alive at this point other than just being sleepy constantly. I feel that. I feel it in my bones. Talking Comics does this like end of the year best of thing. And what we do is we gather nominations. There's one two three there's five hosts total gather nominations and then we do this long like all day long recording where we basically hash out and argue over the nominations in order to whittle them down to like five to ten per category and then that long recording gets chopped up and released throughout the month of december so listeners can hear the nominations kind of in little bunches and then vote on the ones that they want to win and then when january rolls around episode where we run down you know who gets all the best stuff for 2018 and that will hopefully just be a normal size (laughs) a normal length episode that is a pretty cool way to do it yeah well i think and it you know it worked out perfectly for us because it that means uh i now have a month-long break from talking comics and we just took our month-long break so yeah, <laughs> we're back. We're back on while the other one's off. Yeah. <laughs> so I have until January to like gather my bones back together and <laughs> try to get ready to to go back into, you know, but January and February usually back off a little bit on work for me, so hopefully things will level out by then. That's good. Or I'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well in case, you won't care. <laughs> In which case, you know, I'll sit at this microphone for Sirens to Scream and blah, <laughs> there we go. That works. <laughs> and the show will be better. <laughs> I have been kind of running myself ragged with some work and just kept catching up on things around here sort of stuff. You too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit crazy around here. Told you guys this, but I got super sick at the beginning of November and like couldn't get out of bed for several days, kind of sick and... <laughs> you know, super high fever kind of thing and lost my voice for well over a week. (laughs) It was was kind of pitiful. I'm still coughing over it. And then I got a really nice new knife set, which you would think wouldn't be worth mentioning. But no, I sliced the tip of my thumb off with that thing. (laughs) Yeah. You're just breaking it in. Yeah. (laughs) Christen it with your own blood before you can use it. (laughs) Drew and I realized that this entire past year, we actually haven't taken any time off other than sick days, like actual sick days. Mm -hmm. So we are actually, after tomorrow, taking several days off just to 
relax and be normal human people for a bit. So that's going to be nice. I am <laughs> not waking up on anybody's dance schedule and I'm going to eat so much junk food. Nice. That's going to be very sweet. Yeah, I decided this year to take the whole week off for Christmas. That's a good idea. I mean, I kind of mm. had to because there's no school for a week and the, my babysitter's a college student, so she leaves town for a break. And Ryan only has one day off for Christmas. So I was like, well, I either, you know, cash out a week's worth of full day babysitting <laughs> or I'm taking the damn week off. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take the week off and stay home with my kid for a week. Good idea. So that'll be fun. I'm glad to get back into some horror stuff with you guys, though. Mm-hmm. Tell me about mm-hmm. some recommendations. What do you guys What do you guys have there? I haven't been able to do much horror stuff, but I played a video game that I've been wanting to talk to you guys about. And it's one of those things that, like, I sneak it in. It's, like, loosely horror. Actually, after I played it, I started, like, reading more stuff about it and saw a lot of game people bickering over whether or not it's horror. Of course. That's... You know, <laughs> that's what nerds do. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Town of Light. Get out of here. I'm getting attacked by a cat right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like jumping up. I'm trying to grab my sweater while I'm talking. The Town of Light. And it's it says right on their main page, it's a psychological horror adventure game. So it's basically a first person game where you walk into an abandoned, dilapidated <laughs> <laughs> Special no, guest that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, asylum. <laughs> uh, and this asylum is obviously has been abandoned for quite a while and there's stuff scattered everywhere. And, you know, you play as this girl named Renee and it's it's basically like a scavenger hunt. You start wandering around and as you go, you kind of pick up clues and you find things like medical reports you start seeing like little flashbacks and memories and you start to unravel the story of Renee, who was at one point a uh, patient in the asylum. And it is really, it's definitely like a slow, you know, what some people call walking simulator type of game. Not a lot of action. It's mainly story, but it is very eerie and very unsettling. It took me a while in this game to kind of like come to terms with the fact that nothing was going to try to get me. Just because, you know, you're wandering around in this shadowy, dark, abandoned asylum and there's all kinds of weird sounds and stuff. But, you know, yeah, nothing's going to get you. So (laughs) for those of you who are scaredy cats like me, it's okay just to wander. (laughs) And it's uh, I will say that, you know, it's this game definitely requires, I'd say, a strong trigger warning. You're essentially reliving Renee's experience as a mental patient in this hospital. and this is uh, taking place in the 1940s. So psychiatric asylums at that point in time were doing some pretty terrible things and were not treating people very well. So the experience is harrowing and unhappy. The nice thing about it is that I think every time something that I would consider graphic goes on Mm -hmm. or really scary goes on in the story, they show you through these really nice illustrations, like moving illustrations. So it kind of like it kind of like pulls back out of something that looks very realistic and gives you like an illustrated view of things instead, which helps to take the edge off of some of the things that happen. That's cool. It sounds kind of like a cross between Outlast and Gone Home. I'd say it's much more Gone Home other than it being being, you know, in an asylum. You yeah. don't. there's no running away from anything. It's all a story. Right. 
that being said, the story is really good. And right up until towards the end of the story, I wasn't quite sure there's kind of layers of time that you're passing in and out of. And I wasn't totally sure of like how all those layers lined up. So it really like it really builds a lot of a really complex story between trying to you're you're basically trying to figure out what happened to her then and where she is now. And, you know, jumping back and forth in time while she remembers herself. She remembers like who she was then and what she was going through. The other thing that's really cool about this is beautiful too. The the graphics are very realistic and really, really well done. It's one of those games I found myself just kind of standing in places and like looking around mm-hmm. just to see the scenery and like opening every single drawer just because I, it was fun to like move the drawers open and shut. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know? <laughs> All kinds of really cool stuff. But what I found out was this game, it's set in a hospital in Tuscany, Italy. Asylum is real. It's called uh, Aspidale. Uh, I'm not going to say this. Let's just call it Volterra. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and it's a real it's a real hospital. And the game developers who made this, once I started doing a little bit of research after I played, they did tons and tons of photography and, and research. Renee's not a real person, but they built her story based on stories of other patients that were in this hospital wow so she's kind of a combination of uh, multiple experiences and yeah you can find photos of the real of Volterra and and it looks like there's moments that I can't tell if I'm looking at a photo of Volterra or a photo of the game oh wow like it's so it's so well replicated in the game it's amazing but yeah it's a rough game it is a rough game I'll say that so if you're you know if you're not somebody who can get through a story of mental illness without like feeling too relatable about it then it might be something that you should sit out Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's really good reviews on steam here it's great it's it it was on sale i think it was like 20 bucks or something i just kind of it's actually four dollars on steam right now oh my gosh i'm buying it right now (laughs) right that's literally in my cart right now yeah i think i played it on playstation actually so that's why uh, it was on ps4 it was one of those games that like i bought a long time ago and i kind of forgot about Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to play something easy so I opened it up and I ended up getting sucked into it and I finished it like in one day. <laughs> I couldn't stop. And then I fell down a rabbit hole of reading about it. <laughs> yeah, really, really interesting. And I think you guys will really enjoy it because you just get to wander around in a creepy old asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally and, my... and learn somebody's story. Like the only yeah. kind of video game I like. <laughs> and the graphics look so incredible. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I was I was really this. nervous for a while. It took me, like I said, it took me a while to like feel okay that i wasn't going to get killed by anything and once i figured that out then i was much more comfortable to wander around mm. <laughs> i just had to know that i wasn't going to get attacked by anything yeah there's like there's interviews with the developers and stuff out there where you can hear about you know all the ways that they managed to collect information about this hospital and everything and the story of the hospital itself is that it was basically shut down in the 70s because of bad treatment of patients which is why a lot of those you know old style asylums were shut down Mm -hmm. and there was one well-known patient who lived there who was an artist who apparently he lived there for like a decade this was one of those asylums where like people just disappeared you know people went there and stayed there Mm, yeah and this man was there for a decade and he apparently spent every single day that he was awake he would wake up he would go out to this courtyard and he would carve ruins and shapes and letters and all kinds of things that nobody knew what they mean, but he would just carve them into the walls all day long. Okay. He had this buckle from his thing that he wore, and he would use it to carve all day, every day. That's all he did was carve shapes and 
and letters and you can still see some of them in the photos of the asylum you can see them they still exist there oh wow one of the things that stands out about this particular asylum is it's still well known for like some of the art that was found in the inside the rooms and for this one person who carved the entire of the entirety of the courtyard Mm -hmm. with his you know mental ramblings so yeah the town of light is probably the only thing the only thing i could think of that's really been horror related that i've done i could probably talk about a bunch of comics but i don't want to talk about comics for like three weeks (laughs) (laughs) fair enough (laughs) sarah what do you have for us i've been kind of stockpiling instagrams that i come across for our podcast and i have two that i want to talk about the first one is this artist jim mckenzie who is an animator and a director he does a lot of stop motion stuff and on his instagram which is just at jim mckenzie m-c-k-e-n-z-i-e he does these really awesome time-lapse stop motion videos of him creating these puppets and a lot of his art is kind of dark and like it reminds me of paranorman kind of like goofy scary he uses really like bright neon colors but if you scroll down through his instagram you can see like he has some frankenstein's mother a weird like kind of creepy scarecrow boy and i fell down a rabbit hole of just watching his videos of him making these cool puppets and painting them and he really brings them to life and they have a lot of personality and character i love his work yeah and also we need to mention how he definitely looks like a young american edgar wright i know that too (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't hurt nope not at all what is what is the submarine thing i'm looking at this poster he says he goes on weekly subterranean sea missions what you don't (laughs) no how do i do that though (laughs) what is this some like club that i don't know about (laughs) nobody tell her no you can go in a submarine every week (laughs) that would be cool though yeah seems like a cool person and then the other one that is worth the follow for sure is a photographer robin von swank and i had known about her because she photographs a lot of comedians and does you know photography for stand-up shows and podcasts and things and so i was following her already because of that but she started a new instagram called von swank curiosities and it is her photographs of anything kind of weird, occult, folklore, Western histories of medicine, all photos from her traveling around. And right now she has a ton of photos of these awesome Krampus outfits. They're so amazing. They're so spooky. They're full on, full body, like suits with these awesome carved masks. Has she mentioned who makes the masks? Let's see. They were all taken in Austria. So yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to say that they were actually for like a festival or something. Ah. But they're all so beautiful, I, and her translator is not showing up, so I can translate mm-hmm. it. <laughs> all of her photographs are like very dark and moody, and she takes photos of kind of grungy, abandoned buildings and vignettes of you know found objects and things like that. Feels like a ghost story could be happening in any one of these photos. Yeah, I love this. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that one of my favorite photographers is now curating all of her extra spooky stuff all in one place. These photos look a lot like the look of the graphics in the game I talked about. Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) Everything's very like grayish blue and Mm -hmm. the crackled wallpaper and peeling paint. Nice. 
Well, I have one recommendation, and it's also one of those things that's not quite horror, but it is absolutely the kind of thing that I have yet to meet a horror fan that doesn't love it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, basically comedy for horror lovers. And I've mentioned it before. It's the show Dead Like Me. But I don't think... Have either of you seen it before? I haven't. Is it by the... I don't think so. Oh, what's the other show that that guy did? Well, it's actually by Brian Fuller. Oh, Pushing Daisies, I think, is the other one that he did. Unless I'm confusing things. So I've watched Pushing Daisies, and it's super fun. Yeah, it's a yes, Brian pushing, Fuller. Oh, I mean, Pushing Daisies is in that same kind of vein of things. Mm -hmm. But Brian Fuller, I mean, he did, like, everything good lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did do Pushing Daisies, and mm -hmm. he also did Hannibal. He did American Gods. He did Heroes, if you're, if you're into that kind of thing, I guess. He did Star Trek Discovery. He did X-Files at one point, I believe. I mean, Brian Fuller has been around around but dead like me is basically the story of a bunch of reapers who go around living life amongst humans but also reaping humans and it is a brilliant comedy it is absolutely an incredible comedy and it's a very very dark kind of comedy but it is fucking hilarious and we've been re-watching it lately it's the kind of show that i can absolutely revisit every few years and still 100% enjoy and never get sick of. Mm -hmm. There's only two seasons of it, and it does feel kind of dated because it was made in like 2003, 2004. Like, there is some CG in there that's just like, that's a bit rough, but you just kind of, you kind of have to accept that that's the way CG was back then. But other, other than that, like, the, the humor is just so perfectly well-timed and so biting and so absolutely wonderful in it the way it's delivered with along with all these reapers and all this uh death humor going on here it's just so perfectly paired for people who love horror it is definitely like comedy for horror lovers that's the best way i can think of to describe it and especially if you enjoyed pushing daisies you will absolutely love dead like me Nice. Yeah, that's one that's on the long list of things to watch. <laughs> well, I recommend moving it up okay. on the list. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if he stays with that show. He's got a bad habit of... Oh, no, this ended long, long ago. Oh, okay. There was a movie that attempted to wrap things up because it was one of those shows that just sort of ended and nobody wanted it to end, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the movie is terrible and I would not recommend watching it also just to rope you in a little bit harder one of the stars of the show is mandy patinkin mm -hmm. and i mean if you don't love mandy patinkin then I, you don't have a soul <laughs> so and he's a sarcastic asshole in this so that's definitely a selling point i would say i'm gonna have to look him up because i don't know who that is you don't know who mandy patinkin is melissa honestly come on I didn't say that. Who said that? Anigo <laughs> <laughs> Montoya from The Princess Bride. Okay. Come on, man. Okay. I, I know now that I look at him, I'm just not good with names. <laughs> <laughs> just had to look him up. Yeah, that's been our little chill out show lately, and it just reminds me how much I love it so, so, so very much. Our go-to show right now is 90 Day Fiance. And it's trash. What? I love it. Did you say 90 Days Beyonce? 90 Day Fiance. 
Oh. <laughs> it is. It's some kind of like like daily Beyonce calendar or something. <laughs> 90 days Beyonce. No, but now like I really want a show where somebody gives Beyonce 90 days to do like an extraordinary project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you have 90 days to become Beyonce. <laughs> but 90 day Beyonce, like that is like total trash and absolutely some kind of shit I would absolutely watch. Yeah, it's do. it'll suck you right in. <laughs> But I mean, they should basically just call The Bachelor that, right? Yeah, the yeah, because that's yeah. about how long they last. <laughs> I was kind of expecting that it would be more of just like two American people meet and they have to decide if they're gonna get married after ninety days. But it's also about K one visas, I want to say, where if you get a visa to come into the U.S. to be with your partner, you have ninety days to get married. And so it's about these relationships who started online and have been long distance and, you know, maybe they've gone and visited for a week or something. But for the large part, they haven't really spent a lot of time together physically. And so it's about the the people coming to America and adjusting and then also trying to plan a wedding at the same time. And will they make it to the wedding or not? Oh, <laughs> who knows you have to watch and find out <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah that's the kind of trash i would put on in the background while i do like work or art or some nonsense yeah, it's some straight trash but i'm i'm enjoying it you know what trash i fell down into a while ago and i watched like three different shows based on it was those like locked up like those reality documentary style shows about people in prison mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's, like, there's so many of them. There's so many. There's, like, locked up raw, <laughs> locked up long term. I think oh Netflix has scenes. an entire section of them. I, like, yeah, because, sure. like, well, you know, Netflix, like, you watch one and they're like, hey, you're going to like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So there's basically, like, six months worth of locked up TV shows. It's one of those things where, like, I don't understand why it's so interesting, but I can't stop watching it either. It's just, you know, and sometimes it's just, like, people talking about their stories. Sometimes it's, like, like, there was one, I can't remember what they called it, but it was, like, the, I think it's called, like, locked up, like, first room or first day or something, where there's this thing where you get arrested, you have, like, 18 hours or something they give you, or so many hours that you have for somebody to bail you out, Mm -hmm. and if you don't get bailed out, then you, like, then you get, there's a word for it, but then you get, like, basically checked in, where you get, like, clothes and everything, and a number, and you get put into the jail, you know? (laughs) And then you have to go through the system and try to get back out. And so it was, you know, all these, like, awkward things of people in, like, different, like, walled off waiting rooms like glass walled waiting rooms Mm -hmm. and you might have like multiple people who get arrested together so then there's like this tenseness of like people staring at each other (laughs) through the window like like who's gonna who's gonna take the fall like is he he gonna talk about is he gonna talk about us you know like they're like trying to like communicate with their eyes through the windows because they can't talk blink and morse code yeah <laughs> don't like fucking snitch right <laughs> and like tense conversations on the phone like you know people calling their mom or like oh, gosh some some dude set up this like complicated system of like his wife was supposed to go and meet the other person's wife to get money to bail him out and then like bailing him out meant that like the guy whose wife got him bailed out like didn't have to take the fall for whatever they did 
was like there's this crazy like long chain of 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 complicated stuff to get the money together to bail like the right people out mm-hmm. and they had to do it without being able to like talk to each other so they were like calling each other's wives like out from different rooms <laughs> that's bizarre that's- i don't know yeah i felt I, f- I fell into it it was so it's just this like you know it's a, a different world that i'm not familiar com- mm-hmm. or comfortable in and it's like it's you know it's voyeuristic it's like watching these people so while we're on this uh subject of watching uh trash especially on netflix <laughs> i'm gonna throw this little life hack that i have started over here in, in my world at you guys just in case you want to incorporate it here i've created a profile that specifically says pms jackie <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for when i'm in that really moody want to watch stuff that makes me hate life kind of mood mm-hmm. so that i don't mess up my normal recommendations <laughs> that's very clever it's like you're it's like it's like you're like your bipolar like your other person like, no 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 not not jackie's profile i'm looking for rita's profile today is rita <laughs> I should give her an entirely different name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna name her Sharon. <laughs> uh oh. Can't anybody see? some horror news there's a lot of it yeah there is a lot of it most of this is actually just from the past couple days i didn't even bother like putting anything on here that happened in november because i guess we're just i mean we're just done with that month yeah it just it didn't happen it don't count yeah so first off is that i actually found out the other day that the movie the act is filming right here in savannah you know like most towns of a certain size we have a dead mall that nobody goes to Mm -hmm. And this movie is filming here, and it's starring Joey King. I'm actually really proud that I called this one in the very beginning stages of our podcast here, but Joey King is that female actress that back in the very beginning of our podcast, I was like, hey, I think she's going to have a bright career (laughs) in horror, and damn it, she has. She's actually starring as Gypsy Blanchard in the act. And this is about the Gypsy Blanchard story where her mother had Munchausen's syndrome Mm -hmm. by proxy Mm -hmm. and convinced 
not only the world, but the girl that she was sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I talked about the documentary of this on the show, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. We talked about I ago. think it may have been the last episode that we had. But yeah, that's filming right now, right here in Savannah. Hmm. Kind of cool. Sarah, I think you put this next one down, right? Nope, that was me. Sabrina, that was me. Oh, yeah. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is going to be doing a holiday special that comes out on December 14th. Cool, cool. The new season doesn't come out until April, but the holiday special is coming out. And I think it's going to be like young Sabrina because I saw that they started releasing like the casting for it. McKenna Grace. Hmm. Who that? Is the star. I don't know. I don't know how to tell you who it is. <laughs> you know, we haven't talked about Sabrina. The, the last time we talked, it was just about to come out. Have you guys watched it? Did, really? Did you like it? We watched it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought we talked about it on the show. I did too. I did want to mention that while I do really like this version of Sabrina herself, my favorite spellman is actually Hilda. Oh yeah, Hilda's awesome. I I love love Hilda. Hilda. (laughs) So the the holiday special is like during the Church of Nights celebration of the winter solstice Mm -hmm. on the longest night of the year. Looks like it's going to be young Sabrina and... I think some of these characters are actually from Riverdale, maybe. Oh, okay. Cool. From the other show that's like attached, loosely attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't watched that one, but the warlock Dorian Gray says we'll be in here. The owner of Dorian Gray's room. Hmm. Yeah, he's not from Riverdale unless it was recent. No. But I mean, Dorian Gray is an iconic figure in literature. Anyway, yeah. Something spooky to watch. Cool. For Christmas. That will hold us over until spring. I liked it a lot. I thought it was, you know, it was definitely very, like, teen. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. teen drama stuff. But I expected, like, CW teen, and it was not like that at all. Yeah. It was good, like, you know, black magic, blood sacrifice kind of witches. Yeah. So that was a nice prize. I've definitely been enjoying it. Yeah. So who knew Zac Efron would make... An awesome Ted Bundy. I mm. did. <laughs> How, how's he going to jump from starring in freaking Baywatch to uh, being Ted Bundy well, here? Ted like, Bundy was a ladies' man. He was charming. I, I yeah, guess he, he wasn't a Zac Efron though. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, like he was charming, not in a Zac Zac Efron kind of way. Yeah, Zac Efron's going to have to be able to change. Not be buff. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the way that he escaped fucking prison and, like, got along and, you know, went from Washington to Colorado, Utah, and then, like, eventually ended up in Florida was, like, he could change his appearance so much and he, like, got really, really thin and gaunt and, like, was living kind of as this nomadic wanderer guy for a while and like he went from being this young in school young republican kind of guy with a bright career ahead of him to then like totally changing so i don't know how they're gonna manage that yeah i i also from what i've heard about it it's more about the relationship with the first woman that he's like super in love with who eventually leaves him and is one of the things that kind of drives his murderous rage and so I think it might be more about his early life, specifically here in Seattle. I'm dying to see this, though. And what a title. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Mm-hmm. Hard to remember. <laughs> That's the whole title? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 
gosh. Yeah. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. What's the word? You know, chop off the first letter of each one of those. Acronym? Yeah, thank Mm -hmm. you. We're going to acronym that. I know that's not supposed to be a verb, but I just made it one. (laughs) (laughs) What else you got? Candyman. We got some news about Jordan Peele. Sarah, do you want to tell us about Jordan Peele? Candyman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Peele is like making all of the things. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> quite, quite wonderfully. Candyman was announced and he it got the blessing from the original Candyman. There's a quote here from Jordan Peele. He said, the original was a landmark film for black representation in the horror genre. Alongside Night of the Living Dead, Candyman was a major inspiration for me as a filmmaker. And to have a bold new talent like Nia at the helm of this project is truly exciting. We are honored to bring the next chapter in the Candyman canon to life and eager to provide new audiences with an entry point to Clive Barker's legend. Which is like, ooh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Right? It's supposed to be coming out on my birthday, June 12th, 2020. Wow. Hopefully, I mean, that date might change. But if not, that's going to be a good birthday. 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Good Lord. I'm going to forget about that movie before then. (laughs) I know, right? That sounds really, really fun. Somebody remind me before 2020 that it's coming out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's another thing here about Jay Peel. Oh, yeah. And of course, he's doing the Twilight Zone, in which there was a very small little teaser trailer that came out a little while ago in the month that we have forgotten about now. It basically just announced that he will be the narrator. I'm so mad at myself that I'm blanking on his name right now. The Rod Sterling of it will be the Rod Sterling kind of character who introduces everything. And then there were also some casting announcements like John Cho, Alison Tolman, Camille. Who I love. I am kind of obsessed with Alison Tolman. Seriously. I know. I'm also very bad at names. What was she in? She was in Fargo. She's in Fargo. Oh, yeah, yeah, I fucking love her. She's awesome. And then Kumail. Kumail's gonna be in it. That's gonna be so good. Fucking and love Adam Kumail. Scott, yep. our fave. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been watching The Good Place? Yes. Oh, it's so fun. Love The Good Place. I think we're all caught up right now. It's a one. It, that one's a hard one to talk about because you don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Yeah. So watched it. Oh yeah. Oh, you would like it. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's that good kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Smart kind of humor. And apparently James Wan wants to make a scary Batman movie. What, which, what does that mean? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's, didn't we already do that with The Dark Knight? Yeah. I know. Like, wasn't that... Like, yeah. The Dark Knight uh, is scary Batman. <laughs> In case James Wan hasn't read Batman yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was, like, the entire point with the whole Dark Knight series there. That was... Yeah. I don't... I don't get it. Anyway, moving right along here. There's some Stephen King stuff going on. Melissa, do you want to tell us about that? You caught me taking a bite of my pretzel. Sorry. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Stephen King's The Outsider is getting a TV adaptation starring Ben Mendelsohn. Who was he in Ready Player One? I don't know. I actually haven't seen Ready Player One. I saw it, but I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with this actor. I see Sierra is looking him up right now. I'm going to look him up too. Yeah. (laughs) okay i I see yeah yeah i recognize his face and we saw ready player one but i don't really remember the character i can't remember his name he's the 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 rich guy the corporation owner Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. is the main antagonist of the film and jason bateman 
I think everybody knows who Jason Bateman is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jason Bateman will apparently direct the first two episodes. Yeah. I'm actually on the fence about supporting Jason Bateman these days. Has wow, he done shitty things? What do you do? When oh, the mm-hmm. whole news came out about Jeffrey Tambor mm-hmm. and sexual assault allegations there, Jason Bateman was just like really defending him mm-hmm. left and right about it. and Very loudly. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. Not the greatest. Yeah. Can't have nice things anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Stephen King, you know. Balances it out, you know. And I talked about it on a past episode, but I read this this book came out earlier this year. My only like complaint about it is that it was kind of formulaic Stephen King. It had the same kind of like back and forth between the different like parties of characters and just the way that the characters all kind of had a monologue and all of that was very like similar to his other books. But I mean, that's that's just because he has a style. And then the ending of it was a little just people standing in a room talking, kind of like the end of Sorcerer's Stone. So it's like very fine (laughs) for a book, but I'm not totally sure how they would do that in a TV show and make it be interesting. I like that you compare that to the end of Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, we just watched it on Saturday was Dranksgiving, which is our second Thanksgiving that we have with our friends. <laughs> Dranksgiving? Yeah. And so we had uh, the Harry Potter movies playing in the background is all it, day. Is that, is that kind of like Ludacrismas? Yeah. I mean, Dranksgiving was a lot of mold wine and cider. Nice. Yeah, and we ate food all day. It was great. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I've been working since last year to mold my child into a Harry Potter fan, mm-hmm. which has been much harder than I expected <laughs> because last year I tried to show him, I can't remember which movie it is, but it's got the book with the teeth under it mm-hmm. and the, under the bed. Oh, yeah. And I've never seen my kid make the face that he made when that book popped out. Was oh, he no. scared? <laughs> he was terrified. Oh, no. He like the best way I can explain it is he kind of like shrank back with his eyes wide and his mouth wide open. And uh-huh. he just said, no, I don't want to see this. <laughs> like, oh, no. And then he refused to watch Harry Potter after that for like a year. So mm-hmm. we started, we read book number one and about halfway through it, he, he was like, okay, I really want to watch the movie. So we, so we watched the first movie and now we are, we've just started the second book. We just watched the second movie this weekend. And he declared to me, that the snake was way too scary. And mm-hmm. he said, Mom, I, I I think as soon as the movie ended, he stood up and he was like, I hope we don't have to watch that movie again. <laughs> like, oh, what? No. <laughs> yeah, and he, t- he like threatened me the next day, like, Mom, I might stop liking Harry Potter after this. <laughs> I was like, what? That's so a real threat. <laughs> it's like an ongoing project of trying to like mold him. In- and he says that, but yeah, he's running around the house with a, you know, with a wand. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Trying to put spells on me, but I, he was he was very unhappy about what happened in the movie last night. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like it's a very de- it's, I've never had to be delicate with anything like this with him, but I've had to be very delicate with him and like little baby steps forward. Like, okay, mm-hmm. how about this? How about a little <laughs> bit of that? God, <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. But in January, we're going to Potter World for the first time, so I'm <gasps> hoping that locks it in nice. for him. In Florida? Should, Potter World is In so Florida, fun. yeah. Nice. That's that's better, because they got the Diagon Alley. And yeah, I've never been. Fun. I've been to everything in Florida except Potter World, so I'm really excited. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. Hopefully he'll like it, and there won't be anything too <laughs> terrifying that'll make him swear off Harry Potter forever. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing comes to no, my mind immediately, but it's also hard to tell what a kid's going to be afraid of, you know? I mean, I never yeah. thought a book with teeth was going to be the one thing that sent him over the edge. <laughs> Before we move on from the Stephen King news, I also want to bring up the little novella that he published recently. It came out at the very end of October, and I had pre-ordered it, and then I forgot that I pre-ordered it. So it came to arrived at the doorstep, and it's this very beautiful hardback book, these awesome illustrations at the beginning of each chapter. So I'm very glad it's totally worth the purchase for me if you like those kinds of like what book is it it's called elevation sorry hmm. and it's it's based in castle rock so if you were watching the castle rock show and you're curious about the kind of happenings in the town this one's not super related to anything else it's kind of a standalone story and it's also not that scary it's more just like mysterious the main character scott scott carey realizes that he is losing weight but he's not losing mass so he still looks the same and feels the same, but he, when he weighs himself, he just keeps weighing less and less. And even if he, like, holds heavy things, he gets on the scale and the heavy things don't weigh anything when he's holding them. Mm. So he's, he confides in his doctor friend, and they're kind of studying him. And then while that's all going on, he is getting to know his neighbors, who are a lesbian couple who own a restaurant in town. And... Everybody in town says it's okay that they're lesbians, but because they're so out about it and make a big deal about it, they think they're like flaunting it. So everybody like kind of hates this couple. At the beginning of it, he's neighbors with them and has some kind of prickly interactions. But then over time, their relationships change. And it's it's mostly about that that keeps it really interesting. I ate it up one evening. I read through it all. So if you want a a short little interesting Stephen King book, that one's definitely fun to read. At the very least, I know whose stocking that could go into this season. <laughs> <clears throat> Drew, don't listen to this part. <laughs> so I got a couple more items here. M. Night Shyamalan was apparently trying to resurrect Tales from the Crypt, but that is not going so well for him. <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's all about rights, and of course that is always the problem when it comes to resurrecting old things in hollywood which to me that says make up your own fucking stories i know right Damn. seriously stop it <laughs> oh darn there's one good example of where that's not a problem and that is godzilla yep godzilla you want to tell us more about that here i'm excited about godzilla i'm yeah. very excited godzilla is coming and yeah <laughs> millie bobby brown is gonna be in it vera farmiga zhang Zi, thomas middleditch i think there's a lot of great people in that it's coming out in may of next year and i don't know if you guys have seen the trailers for this but it looks pretty damn fun i had no idea this was even a thing until just now typing <laughs> this up was literally the first time i heard about really? it earlier today <laughs> yeah i've seen trailers no for idea. it i haven't seen anything in a while but according to what i can see in the trailer it appears that there will be various titans appearing hmm. i don't know a lot about these japanese monsters but i know that there's like a bug one and there's there's like all these mothra. different versions yeah mothra all these different versions of these monsters and they appear to be making cameos in this film or something. I don't know. But it looks super fun. It looks it looks really exciting and we'll definitely be seeing it. Nice. Yeah. I got excited. Now now I'm gonna have to try to see if there's a new trailer because I, 
I forgot about it until it was on showed up on these notes. I was like, oh yeah, that's coming. <laughs> and apparently there might be a new Black Mirror season dropping this month on Netflix, which was news to everybody. Like they didn't really mention it until Surprise! literally this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, all of a sudden we got a new season coming out. And one other thing that sounds really interesting, and is another thing I learned today. Have you guys heard of or read The Innocent Man by John Grisham? No. Nope. It is a true tale. It's not something he made up, but is a true crime that he wrote about that happened in a town called Ada. It was in the 80s, around 83 and 84, about two women that went missing and a bunch of suspects were named. And... Essentially, four men were put away for this, and some confessions were given, but there's a whole clusterfuck of what's true, what's not, what confessions were basically beaten out of these men by the police, oh what was a cover-up, mm -hmm. and this complete mess of a true crime story. I haven't read the book. I've read a few articles earlier because this looks really, really interesting here. Netflix has turned this into a documentary and supposedly people are calling it one of the most heartbreaking true crime stories to date. Oh, dang. So this comes out December 14th. So for our horror fans that like true crime, I would definitely recommend looking out for that one because it looks like it's going to be a killer. That's the same day Literally. as Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Holiday special. Oh. Damn. That's going to be quite the marathon day for some people. But yeah, that's all the horror news that we have. Unless... You guys can think of anything else there. The horror news is that we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should all be frightened about that one. We're back. <laughs> no, we do have another little section here. I tentatively titled it Weird Christmas, but I guess that <laughs> it might be a little bit culturally insensitive. We're just going to call it Awesome Christmas because, frankly, these things are really honestly cool as fuck. Yeah. I mean, I like weird stuff. I don't think that's an insult. <laughs> yeah it's not yeah it's weird not in the bad way weird in the awesome as fuck kind of way we each pick a folk tradition from other areas of the world or cultures or just way back when that we think are cool and we're going to tell you about them and melissa i want to hear about yours first because <laughs> it looks cool. okay i have a creepy story <laughs> to tell you about and funny enough i just discovered this today thanks to a post on twitter with a terrifying photo of what appears to be a creepy old witch gnawing on a baby. Yum, yum. Yeah, while the mother, like, stands calmly in the background watching. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something called Grilla, and it's from Iceland. So if anyone's Icelandic and listening to this, please don't yell at me for pronouncing things badly, because I don't know how to pronounce this Icelandic things. I didn't... I, I think that is a statement that should blanket all of these yeah. coming names. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually shortened some of the things I was going to say in here just to avoid having to pronounce some of these words. But I watched a video on it, and that's how it was pronounced, was Grilla. So, there is a Christmas monster who lives far north in the frigid climate of Iceland who goes by the name Grilla the Christmas Witch. She lives in a cave in Iceland's hinterlands, the matriarch of a family of strange creatures launching attacks on nearby townships, snatching up misbehaving children, and turning them into delicious stew. <laughs> Tales of the Ogress began as oral accounts, with the earliest written references found in the 13th century. In history sagas and poems throughout the region, one reads, Here comes Grilla down in the field with 15 tales on her. 
while another describes, down comes Grilla from the outer fields with forty tails, a bag on her back, a knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children, who cry for meat during Lent. In Iceland, <laughs> the midwinter holiday known as Yule describes this time of gathering together, feasting, and celebrating which eventually evolved into modern Christmas, it's generally darker than in the U.S. and not just because the sun barely comes out during that time of the year. According to the Smithsonian, the earliest celebrations of the season were viewed as a time not only to bring together relatives living and deceased, but also elves, trolls, and other magical and spooky creatures <laughs> who are believed to inhabit the landscape. It's kind of like this like holiday mashup with Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes these figures would visit in the flesh as masked figures going around to the farms and houses during the season which would be really creepy to be like a child on a farm and have somebody sh creeping around your property in a mask and a costume oh my god seriously Grilla wait until you hear about mine <laughs> <laughs> Grilla whose name translates loosely to growler would be among these showing up with a horned tail and a bag into which she would toss the naughty children. You never knew exactly where she was. Long poems were written about her and a husband, but he didn't last long. She <laughs> ate one of her husbands when she got bored with him. Other bits of folklore describe a second troll-like husband and a giant man-eating yule cat known to target anybody who doesn't have on new clothes. <laughs> I think we should keep some of these traditions alive. <laughs> this cat apparently is very picky about clothing. So this makes a new pair of socks or long underwear an imperative for Icelandic holiday shoppers now. Old, <laughs> yeah, this old like superstition about this cat that's going to eat them if they don't wear new clothes. <laughs> Among this highly dysfunctional family are Grilla's mob of large adult sons. And they're called the 13 Yule Lads. Each of these troublemakers visits Icelandic households on specific days through December, unleashing individual types of pestering. One is partial to slamming doors. Another eats leftovers from pots and pans, which I wouldn't <laughs> mind, actually. <laughs> and I don't know what this means, but this is what it said. One lives up to his name of Sausage Swiper. <laughs> while another is known as the window peeper these are bad boys mm -hmm. <laughs> before being attached to the holiday season she was really a personification of the winter and the darkness and the snow getting closer and taking over the land again which i really love that description i know that jackie especially that's probably hard for you to picture but living where i do in the northeast that is very much what winter feels like is this like creeping up darkness and stillness and cold that all kind of creeps in at the same time and surrounds everything now nah, i got cold as fuck in the mountains in north carolina <laughs> i get it <laughs> not only did she represent the threat of winter she was also seen as actually controlling the landscape oof so in the 20th century, as American Christmas and its depiction of Santa Claus proliferated through Europe and everywhere else, attempts were made to santify the Yule Lads. Their bellies got bigger, their troll-like whiskers grew bushier, and they acquired red and white fur costumes. They also, like Santa, began leaving gifts rather than taking sausages, snacks, and window peeping. Some critics tried to <laughs> snuff out Grilla altogether, attempting to sideline the character with more family-friendly fare. One popular Christmas song even describes her death, but they did not succeed. 
and children are still truly terrified of Grela in Iceland. <laughs> yes, good. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> An artist who actually draws traditional folklore illustrations, he works with local historical societies to try to keep them alive, said he visited children's play schools to demonstrate drawing skills, and he drew Grela, and two or three terrified children actually left the room because it was too strong for them. And that is living folklore. (laughs) So yes, that's Grilla, the child-eating witch who comes down from the mountain with her creepy sons. (laughs) This video that I watched basically said that the sons go out and report back to her. They watch the kids in the neighborhood and and they go back and tell mom who the bad ones are so she can go and eat them later. That is uh, appropriately horrific. I love it. (laughs) Grilla. Sierra, what tradition did you choose? It's from Italy and Russia and parts of Eastern Europe. It's another kind of witch figure. Befana, I want to say, La Befana, and Babushka. This is from Atlas Obscura, one of my favorite websites. If you don't know about Atlas Obscura, go there right now and type in you, like, wherever you live, and you're going to find all these, like, creepy weird things that you can go and investigate. Atlas Obscura is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I love them. So it says, in Italy, Russia, and parts of Eastern Europe, we encounter a witch-like lady rooted in the fairy tale figure of Mother Hole, who doles out punishments for the lazy and riches for the hardworking. In Italy, she is known as La Bufanda, and in Russia, Babushka. Each January, she packs up and sets off on a broomstick to join the three kings, who are also seeking the Christ child. So it ties into Christianity, I guess. She searches every house, and if she finds a child there, she leaves cookies and gifts behind. So that's very nice. But then, I guess that this is also... Maybe this isn't in the same family. But there's another witch called Perchta. And on New Year's Eve, Perchta roams the earth, rewarding those who are hardworking and generous and punishing the idle and greedy. Very similar to Pafanda. But her punishment of choice involves slashing open your stomach so that she may violently rip out your intestines. And then she replaces the intestines with straw, rocks, and garbage. The tradition of having goose for Christmas is sometimes linked to witches like Perchta, who is often depicted as having a goose foot, along with the belief that goose fat enables witches to fly, which I didn't know that there was that connection with geese and witches. So that's what I've been doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, you better be good or else she'll come and rip out your intestines and stuff you with full of garbage. <laughs> Perchta has a friend called Strag- Stragiel, S-T-R-A-G-G-E-L-E, Strigiel, I guess. In many places such as Switzerland, Perchta rides with a throng of demonic-looking helpers, known as Strigiel, who love to partake in the feast offerings left out for them on Christmas by people hoping for Perchta's blessing of wealth and health in the new year. And in some places, Strigiel get to dole out the punishments themselves and aren't terribly disconcerting, as they rob all bad children and tear them into pieces in the air. Interesting. So she rides around finding all the bad people, and this guy looks like a kind of like a yeti with big giant devil horns. She rides around with him, I guess, and they tear children up. <laughs> and, but then also they, they dole out wealth and health for the good people. So There's so much child torture in a lot of these customs. You know, it takes a lot to get kids to behave. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Parenting is hard, man. So mine just kind of looks terrifying, but isn't actually terrifying. (laughs) 
It's called Marie Louise. It is basically a big horse skull on a stick <laughs> with a white sheet coming from the back of the skull to cover the stick and the person that is holding the stick. Marie Louise is supposed to be a spirit. And you dress up the skull with ribbons and bells and just make it kind of fancy looking. <laughs> Gotta be a fancy horse skull. Mm -hmm. What you do with this horse skull, you get yourself a little Marie Louise troop together and you go door to door and you go a wassailing. You go caroling from door to door. When you go to a house, they're not going to open the door. Basically, you sing them a little song. And the person inside is going to sing you a jingle back. And you are basically going to sing back and forth to each other insults. <laughs> <You're go> <laughs> it's, a, it's a challenge. It's a wassailing challenge. If you accept the challenge of the Marie Louise, you will sing insults back and forth to each other. And if the Marie Louise troop loses, they'll just move on to the next house. If you, the homeowner, if you lose, then you're going to let that entire troop in and you're going to feed them and give them beer. And that is, that is the tradition. That go, <laughs> this that sounds suspiciously like the plot of the Hobbit. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, kind of does <laughs> are you sure they're not uh... Uh, i mean maybe sometimes they are i did see a few <laughs> pictures of very small ones um <laughs> but it, it looks absolutely horrifying and the most amazing way and i don't even remember how i came across this like it's one of those things i've always seen pictures of the of this weird terrifying horse skull on a stick with like ribbons just like you know, little baubles on its head. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's this flying cape in the background. And it's like, what the fuck is this? What is going on over here? But it's a Welsh tradition. And you can actually look up old videos of people singing these songs back and forth for each other. And it is honestly delightful and hilarious and kind of scary at the same time. And I love it. I mean, this seems like... <laughs> I don't know if you guys have any friends that are Welsh, but I do. And this just seems like such a a thing that I would expect. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to do a spooky thing, but it's just going to like, we're just going to put like a sheet what? and a skull on and we're going to sing. It's so, ri it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and if you guys don't sing good, then you have to give us a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody really knows where this tradition came from. Like there are, there are lots of debates about the origin of this. Like, and I do have a favorite I, of uh, of these theories. One of them suggests that it's rooted in Christianity and that it had once been part of the festivities of the Feast of the Ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'll skip that feast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, I guess, the commemoration of the flight into Egypt of Mary and Joseph and I, I don't know, all that christianity nonsense there are other suggestions that it was a pre-christian thing that started with you know what these really don't matter nobody knows where <laughs> nobody knows where it came from the point is that people walk around with horse skulls on poles and demand food and beer <laughs> for singing insults back and forth and that is fucking amazing <laughs> humans are sometimes the worst but also sometimes so great this also looks like it may possibly an inspiration for um you know, what's his name from Adventure Time? Death. Was it Death? It wasn't the the Lich? 
Death is death is the one that has the skull. The, uh, skull with the head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, Jackie would know having done a lich costume. Yeah. I actually was commissioned to do another one of those. Ooh, that's cool. We just saw that episode with death because we're doing a complete rewatch of my house of Adventure Time, which is... I have it. <laughs> I have that queued up to do a complete rewatch, but I haven't gotten to it's it It's a yet. much bigger undertaking than I expected. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it's, season it's so one, like episode 15. I'm like, how many episodes are in these seasons? <laughs> So it many. is crazy. <laughs> we're only on episode. We're only on season two, and we've been watching it for weeks already. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Okay, I'm, but I haven't seen the final episode, so I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting until I completely get caught up before I let myself finish it. So in like three years, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll, we'll see how. It I ends. mean, Max likes to watch <laughs> them in really big batches, so. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, this is my new favorite thing. I'm actually going to see if Savannah has a SantaCon just so that I can make a Marie Louise and carry it down there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I just came across a really <laughs> creepy image of a naked dude underneath a Marie Louise costume, like lifting it off of himself. <laughs> That's how I know he's naked. <laughs> I don't rude. know what's happening here. Awesome. You you never know what's under those. <laughs> now I do. i think i'm gonna look up videos of this because i'm curious about what it sounds like it is delightful (laughs) all right we should probably add this up (laughs) we don't want that's our time about the feast of the the naked god is our time (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's where he's going right he's he's going straight to the feast of the wait where's the feast It's like I heard there was asses being feasted on here. I'd like to. Uh... Oh no. Oh, this is going downhill. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, here's our outro. This has been the Sirens of Scream. Thanks for joining us in all our spooky endeavors. It is our deepest pleasure to explore the depths of the horror genre with each of you. And there's nothing we love more than reaching right into the dark with all the creepy collies. To keep us going, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to these pod things. If you want to come chat with us or have us come chat with you, hit us up at sirens at sirensofscream.com. Find show notes, past episodes, and links at sirensofscream.com and hit up our social media links at the top of the page there to send us some love or tell us what you would like to hear about on our show. Melissa, where can guests find you? You can find me at Lissa Punch on Instagram and Twitter and on the Talking Comics podcast. And Sierra, where can guests find I'm you? I'm at Sierra How on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Jackie the Robot on Twitter and Instagram. Even though it's very fun to catch up, I'm really excited about some of the topics we were talking about that we need to do coming up. Yeah, like I think what? the next episode we do will maybe be about haunted hotels. Ooh. Which, of course, you know, there's a wealth of possibilities there. Be. You know, we can't get to all of them, but I'm excited to do a little bit of reading. Um, and hopefully find some ones I haven't heard about before that I can share with you guys. Yeah, that one's going to be yeah. fun. I do still have some must-read comics on my list for you guys, too. Mm-hmm. Sounds like 2019 is going to be fun for us. Thanks for joining us. 